0: Cheryl Todd here from Gun Freedom Radio. And I'm excited to sit down today with Tiffany Shedd. Now she is almost a native of Arizona, been here almost her entire life, but she has deeply, deeply invested in this beautiful state that she and I both call home. She is running, she is a candidate for 2020 for the United States Congress in Arizona's first district tiffany has roots in this district dating back over a hundred years tiffany is an avid shooter and a firearms enthusiast she and her husband established central arizona target and shooting range in pinal county to promote youth shooting sports she is a 4h certified youth pistol instructor as well as an NRA certified youth shotgun instructor. I'm seeing a theme here. She is invested in our children and our next generation. And Tiffany is a strong and prominent defender of the second amendment and is running for Congress to bring rural Arizona values to the swampy swamp of Washington DC. Welcome to the show, Tiffany.
1: Thank you. Thanks for giving me this opportunity
0: to chat with you today. Absolutely. Honestly, we should just at any given time chat more often because, you know, our our youth, our future, uh, that's our legacy. That is such a passion of mine. Clearly, it sounds like it's a passion of yours. Absolutely. And how much does that tie into why you want to put yourself in this most difficult arena of politics and running for Congress.
1: Well, it is. It's at the kernel of why I want to run for Congress. I mean, by being born or naturalized Americans, we've been given the greatest chance given to any people ever. And that's if we work hard enough, we can be anything we want to be. And I have three children. Um, I'm a youth shooting instructor. We've been running a, a shooting program. For 14 years as well as a 4-H, et cetera, et cetera. I love kids. And I, I just don't think that I could sleep well at night knowing that I didn't stand up and try to give them a country that's at least as great as I inherited and hopefully better. That's
0: amazing. You know, there are so many people that that, you know, they talk the talk, but they don't necessarily Walk that walk and say, you know what? I am going to put my time in the arena. I'm going to put my, you know, finances. It is expensive to try to run for office. I'm going to put everything out there and really uh, walk that walk. So I really applaud you for doing that. Uh, was there a crux moment that that came along in your life and you said, that's it. This is this is the next step of my life. I'm going to run for office.
1: Well, it's kind of funny. We were at a shoot, um, a youth shooting event for a rodeo in Prescott and went out to dinner with my husband and was complaining about our current congressman that doesn't like the Second Amendment, doesn't particularly like any kind of freedom, likes taxes, just really did not fit rural Arizona and said, we got to find somebody to run. We have to find somebody that has our values that can win. I said, babe, we got to get behind them. And he said, you know, I have the perfect person, but you're never going to get them to run. They always want to be behind the scenes and and they don't have the courage to run. And I said, oh no, I'll get them to run. And he said, honey, it's you. And I said, I can't (laughs) run for Congress. I'm I'm just some kid from rural Arizona. And then the second that came out of my mouth, I was completely convicted about how wrong that statement was. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is why we have the house of representatives. So people who are like the people they are representing Mm -hmm. are in Washington, representing them took about a few months to come to terms with that. But, um, you know, this country is worth doing anything to keep and I have the blessing of my husband, my children, they're my strongest supporters. Um, Mm you gave up my law practice to do this and, uh, took a vacation from it anyway. And so um, I think we can win it. And I think that there was never a time when we decided things weren't as scary as they are now with the rollbacks of the Second Amendment, with open socialism, with people wanting zero borders and uh, not wanting to secure our southern border, Um, really putting, you know, their agenda puts Americans and and American liberties last. Mm. And uh, no, not on my watch. We have to do something. And I know you're working hard for those things too. Well, I appreciate that.
0: I um and I, I really do uh respect people like yourself, ordinary citizens, because going all the way back to when this country even became a country, it required ordinary citizens coming out of their comfort zone, stepping forward and saying this is worth fighting for. This is worth working for. This is worth w- the effort that it's going to require. And so you're uh, a perfect example of that um, inheritance, that legacy, that, uh, that example that was handed down to us. So
1: Yeah, we're Americans. When we see something that needs a solving or a problem that needs a solution, or we think we can live up to better ideals, we just do it no matter the cost, we've always done it, whether it was the Revolutionary War, whether it was World War II, um, we do the right thing, we find the strength. I could not run this race if it was just to be a congressman. Mm-hmm. Um, just for the, the title, yeah. Nope, <laughs> I would not do it. What keeps me going is just realizing this country is worth it, and the people that don't have a voice, that need a voice, and you know, protecting things I care about, my community, Arizonans, Americans.
0: That's awesome. So I understand that uh, your opponent that you're going up against is being pretty well funded, not from fellow Arizonans, not from his neighbors down the street, not from the people that are in the same county, Pinal County, um, but from,
1: from afar. And it makes one wonder, why would that be? Yeah, it makes me wonder too. I mean, we had a great uh, fundraising quarter last time. Uh, we outraised Congressman O'Halloran, but in district and in Arizona, but 80% of his money comes from out of state corporate PACs. Um, you know, and I think where your treasure is, is where your heart is. And so, um, you know, it, I think that it's more important to him to vote with Nancy Pelosi. And the DC politics and it is to do what's right for rural Arizona and people don't realize this district is 60% of Arizona it's 11 parts of 11 counties the entire eastern part of Arizona except for the very south so Utah down the New Mexico line and so this is the district that has the mining it has the hunting it has both ski resorts it has the Grand Canyon Lake Powell Glen Canyon Dam and so this is a really big district it's the largest district in the united states that's not an entire state so it has a huge impact on arizona for good or for ill who holds this seat absolutely and truly you
0: know you you've used the right word so many times already in this conversation representative right that is who we are hiring with our votes who we're supposed to be hiring with our votes is somebody who will represent us so i can't go so i'm going to have this person tiffany shed go and speak on my behalf and and do what i would have done myself had i had the time or the wherewithal so when you talk about somebody whose paychecks money you know campaign money is coming from someplace that's not invested in Arizona doesn't have family ties that go back a century uh, it it that right there should make us kind of do that dog tilt head you know head thing like wait right. like what, okay. what can he possibly how can we possibly trust that the the representation he's gonna offer is gonna have anything to do with us here in Arizona
1: no, I absolutely agree. And, you know, since this is Gun Freedom Radio, I'd like to talk about the disconnect, especially between the Second Amendment And uh, this is one of the biggest hunting districts, one of the largest per capita gun-owning districts. Um, I just went to a sanctuary, a Second Amendment sanctuary uh, county meeting up in Yavapai County where there was over 550 people. They stopped counting at that in a small county who stood there three hours because they wanted to make sure that their gun rights were respected. and it's up and down my entire district that way and I think that you know it's not just about um, you know it's cultural obviously it's a constitutional provision you know not everyone um, in rural Arizona um, has the same culture as maybe you know Chicago where you know Tom Mm O'Halloran came from you know I run one of the largest shooting programs youth shooting programs in the state done that for 14 years, built it from literally the ground up, um, we just had the Arizona State 4-H champion, shooting sports championship at our range this weekend, that's when I'm a little bit red, got a little bit sunburned out there, but um, you know, we had over 80 kids competing in archery, uh, shotgun sports, rifle, pistol, their families. And this year was really amazing because the Veterans of Foreign Wars, so VFW, the state VFW sponsored the event and they had their guys out there helping the kids and scoring events and doing whatever was needed. And watching the multi generational connection of these veterans who really did the ultimate sacrifice so that these kids could actually have a Second Amendment, have those freedoms, and shoot. You know, there's no better way to understand what has been given so that we have this right than to be around the people who uh, fought for it and have their stories and and to understand it in a deep and meaningful way and build those build those relationships because a lot of us, especially our older veterans are looking for ways to plug in. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still serving their country. And, you know, the Second Amendment isn't just a right. None of our rights are just rights. They're also responsibilities, Mm -hmm. and we're supposed to be enlightened citizens and responsible about it. And that doesn't mean the government making us responsible. That means teaching our children how to, whether it's the Second Amendment, use firearms safely, responsibly to respect life. Um, You know, even when you hunt, you're doing that, that there's a conservation part of that, and that you're using what you – Um, what you hunt to feed your family and you're making sure that you keep your herd levels healthy and you know it's part of a whole ecosystem especially in my district but you know you don't learn those things as a kid unless someone tells you and um, it was really an amazing amazing experience this weekend to see that and I think that that's the story of course I'm for the second amendment I'm against red flag laws you know, I'm I'm down the line where you'd want me to be. But I think that there's also a really important message and a story that is not being told about why we have guns in this country. And that it's also a story of trusting kids, teaching them responsibility. When you hand a nine-year-old a shotgun and you look them in the eye and you've worked with them and it's safe and it's, you know, gun safety first, you were telling that kid, I believe in you, I believe that you're responsible. I believe you can handle that. And that is much different than saying, you know, I don't know if you can handle things and we better keep you in bubble wrap. And so the best decision I've ever made as a mom, I truly believe one of the top five is putting my kids in shooting sports. Um, I've got two that have graduated up into college level and beyond and one that's still in in the junior high program. But the family relationships, you know, grandparents can shoot with their kids. They can't maybe go play soccer, but they can shoot. It starts to become this huge family of connections. We've had a lot of the kids join the military from our program. We've had a lot of them become police officers. And I'm really, really proud of the impact that we've made on our community and our world through our shooting program. Sometimes it's not even about the shooting. It's about, it's about the kids and how that works but it's also an amazing story when you have the left making it sound like you know the second amendment is war on women and children that is not the case at all um it's a it's a beautiful thing i don't know how to turn that off so you all have to bear with me okay. no <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a much better firearms instructor than a computer tech <laughs> That's what mine chimed
0: earlier so we're even it's no problem yeah. um no i i totally agree with everything you're talking about when Uh, Young people are properly taught how to interact with firearms You know, nobody thinks it's weird or odd that we teach young people how to interact with a drawer full of sharp instruments in our kitchen Right the knife drawer Nobody thinks a thing of it. They think oh, that's a responsible parent But when we try to teach them how to interact safely with firearms Suddenly people get all like clutching their pearls about it. Right and just because we you know somebody who is out there listening might think well i don't even have guns in my house so why would my child need to know that because you don't know that their friend down the street right you know, you don't know if their parents are, are uh have safely stored their firearms or taught their child wouldn't you rather if they fall in a pool they know how to swim right, right. It's the same thing empower them with with that knowledge
1: and, you know, I'd say 50% of the families that have gone through our program actually didn't own a gun when they started, um, were pro Second Amendment, but didn't know how to get into it. And it started out with the kids, and then their parents become instructors, and now it's a lifestyle. And, you know, the other thing, too, is where I live, it's also a practical matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I live on a farm in Pinal County, we're 90 miles from the border, and we are on a human trafficking and drug trafficking route for cartels. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've had a lot of very scary, scary things um, happened through the last, since probably about 2006 when it reached up here. I mean, those signs that say, do not enter this area, human trafficking. Well, that's my county. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: we have a great sheriff here. I love him to death. We have Sheriff Lamb is my sheriff and he's got great deputies, is one of the best sheriffs ever. But the fact of the matter is We're rural, and you know, help is twenty-five minutes away at best. And so, you know, as a mom living on a farm with kids, I want to be able to protect my family. I want to be able to protect myself, Um, and I feel that, you know, we should have a right to do that. I don't think that we could have stayed living here if we hadn't been able to, you know, have the security of being able to defend our lives. And you know, when you talk about freedoms, if you can't. your, your very first freedom is the right to life. And that means to protect yourselves from somebody that wants to take that life or someone that wants to do bad things. And so, you know, it's, it's cultural here, it's practicality here, um, you know, whether it's, you know, wild animal eating a dog or, you know, taking a cat or whatever,
0: and, you know.
1: <laughs> It does happen. It happens at my house a lot. And so, you know, I think that, you know, especially as a woman, I, and especially, you know, of a certain age, there's no way I can overpower a couple of big guys who want to do harm. You know, that is, you want to talk about women's rights. Mm-hmm. Firearms are women's rights Absolutely. and it's okay if people don't want to do it. Right. But I personally, not, the worst thing I can imagine happening is not being able to protect people I love or people around me and watching someone um, hurt them and in any situation. And so, of course, you want to be responsible. I'm, you know, I'm a very responsible gun owner. I'm a good shot. I practice. I teach other people how to be responsible. But it's no joke when you live down here and and, you know, it's it's frightening because I'm seeing Democrat presidential candidates um, want to open the borders so that we have more of this coming while taking away my right to protect myself and my family's right to protect myself. I mean, the juxtaposition of the two is completely terrifying. And so I think we're going to have a real choice. I mean, these decisions we're making at the ballot box in 2020 are going to have real impacts on real Americans, you know, throughout the country, throughout Arizona, but you know, your families that live on ranches and farms in Southern Arizona, their safety matters too. And a lot of times they don't have a voice and I will be that voice. And um, for Arizona's that seem to have been forgotten. Although president Trump, he's done a pretty good job remembering us. (laughs) I'm really thankful you know, he actually took it serious, but it could go the other way fast, That's um, you know, with a bad election cycle.
0: Absolutely. It is so vital that people are informed, engaged, and actually do show up at the ballot box. You know, a funny thing, when you were talking about the uh, four-legged predators on your property, I gave a speech not too long ago, and I said something about firearms are important for Predators that are both four legged and two. And somebody actually mocked me. And, you know, on Facebook they after I'd posted it up and they're like, Oh yeah, when's the last time you had a jaguar come through your your neighborhood or whatever? And I'm thinking, (laughs) How checked out are you? You clearly don't live in a rural area anywhere in the nation. And even here in Litchfield Park, which is where I live we have coyotes that are yep. constantly jumping fences. Every once in a while, they'll snatch somebody's little dog or little cat. And you'll see them out on the golf course at the Wigwam Resort. And, you know, it's like, um, just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean that you should just completely close your mind to the fact that that is somebody else's everyday life.
1: So. Right, I mean, I've had a, ca- I've had coyote, a coyote on my front porch nose-to-nose with my Labrador Retriever. I mean, that is not a good situation to wake up to at 5 o'clock in the morning. I mean they act like it's a fast food drive through Let's snatch a cat and run into the cotton field. And so, you know, I I love my pets. I love my cats. I love my border collies. And when you have packs of coyotes that think that my front yard is a fast food restaurant, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be, be able to defend the things I love. And we're allowed to do that in Arizona. And so, you know, especially where I am, it's pretty... You know, you come on your own out here. Animal control is not going to come in a timely manner. Let me just put it that way. No, for sure. And so, you know, I think to a lot of us, I know you had your rally and there was a great turnout, and I know that people are really paying attention to that we could lose our Second Amendment rights and that things that I thought were unconscionably so far away, I live in Arizona, you think, of course, we have gun freedom. We're the freest gun state in in the Union. But they're coming after us and so the thing that is really important is you know while it's great that you speak up on Facebook not you Cheryl but like listeners if you speak up on Facebook and Twitter and all of that but at the end of the day those who win elections get to make policy mm-hmm. and you know we need to take the House of Representatives back we need to make sure that we don't have a congressman in my big rural district um, that has you know, F rated with the NRA Gun Owners of America that never met a gun bill, you know, gun confiscation bill he didn't like or a gun control bill. And we need to put that right. But the thing is, people don't realize if you like a candidate, if you care about an issue, send 10 bucks, send five bucks, send a thousand bucks. Because the thing is, the Dems are pouring money into our state at a heavy rate. Remember the 80% PAC money thing we just talked about? And so, you know, as a conservative Republican pro-gun candidate, we don't get the Bloomberg's and the Stiers, you know, putting pouring money in And So I have to rely on the people and that's okay. But I think sometimes I didn't realize it until I ran for Congress. Um, Now, if I believe in something, even if I only have five bucks and sending it in and I hate to be one of the money things, but it is part of it and we can't just get completely outspent. This is a district Trump won um, and it's a district that O'Halloran voted to impeach him in. And so it was for impeachment. um, And I think that, you know, trying to overturn the will of people, um, you know, our district spoke, they voted for President Trump. It's not Tom O'Halloran's place to overturn it by an impeachment vote, which was clearly against the will of the majority of people in Arizona one. And so, um, you know, if we want to continue to have our freedoms, if we want to continue to have mining and farming and hunting, use shooting sports, free, just freedom to raise our children the way we want, and, and you know, all of the things we take for granted. I think the all the mar, it's for all the marbles this time. If there was ever a chant time to stand up. It's now, and nice. um, I'm willing to give it all, but I've got to have people behind me too. Absolutely. And I know I do, but
0: we can always use more, right? Yep, it's crunch time.
1: <laughs> so um,
0: just for the folks out there listening, because actually this goes uh, all over the world. We have listeners all over the world. Um, and and some people who are listening might think, well, this is you know one district in Arizona, but what we need people to understand is what happens in one district, in one city, in one state, it does spread. And uh, O'Halloran, your opponent, you know, clearly it must matter if he's got money coming from other places to right. try to sway what happens in our state in our election here. So um, this is something that should matter to everyone in every state in every district and county, not whether in Arizona or not. But uh, just for the folks who are listening talk to us about well, what's our timeline we're sitting here today it's March 2nd in 2020 uh, we're talking about an election when does that election happen and what really needs to happen uh, between now and then as far as if you need people knocking on doors for your ca- campaign if you do need those dollars how do people Help you what is the timeline and how can they reach out and actually donate their time and money?
1: So if you live anywhere close or even if you want to make phone calls we have apps that do that if you live in another state you can even help us that way you can go to shedforcongress.com um, We need every volunteer we can get whether it's door knocking whether it's phone callings whether it's hosting events depending on what you what you you know where you are and what you can do it all matters. Um, we are going to be running, I mean, we're in the thick of it now. So it's all encompassing at this point. I mean, we are in full mode. Um, We are in a good position in that we are are able to stockpile a little bit against O'Halloran right now as far as finances. But every voter contact matters, Um, every dollar matters. Um, Like I said, shedforcongress.com. And you know, the other thing about this is, this is a seat that could determine the House of Representatives for the United States of America. That's a pretty big deal if you watched um, the impeachment hearings or anything that's gone on with gun control these last few years. You know, Virginia, once the Democrats got the how- ha- you know the the legislature and the governor, you saw what happened that could happen in Arizona. It definitely could happen in the United States of America and Arizona has long been a bastion of freedom mm-hmm. I mean this is the district Goldwater stomped around in
0: mm-hmm. i mean
1: the there's no there's a reason our state is being so targeted by the left because we're Kind of the last stronghold for freedom, mm-hmm. and if they take us down, they they really hurt the entire Western United States and the rest of the United States of America. I mean, we have people pouring in from California, and from New York, that are conservatives, and you know, I, I heard uh, a, one of the Trump people, you know, that works on his campaign, saying a speech, he said, she was from California, and she said, if Arizona. Is no longer free, where are we all gonna go? <laughs> because we are one of the last free states. And not only do we need to hold the line in Arizona, we need to, you know, buckle up. We're pretty tough here and start spreading Arizona common sense, conservatism back the other way. We need to not just defend our ground, we need to take ground offensively. And so um, if you live in another country, I mean, The United States has always been the shining city on the Hill that represents freedom. If that light goes out one state at a time, it will go out for the world. And Arizona is the battleground. Um, My district is the pickup district, this in the Senate, we have to hold in Arizona. Um, We only lost the House of Representatives by the, for the entire United States by a little over a hundred thousand votes. If you count it up, not this district. The United States your vote matters register people to vote nag them to vote tell them why you believe what you believe and especially not the people that agree with you but the people that don't know why you believe get a little uncomfortable and I promise it won't kill you <laughs> I'm pretty much thick in it and I'm fine and it's it's important because it's not about us And that's what makes it easy to speak about it's like freedom for our it's not for our generation it's freedom for the next 200 years just like 200 years ago our forefathers sacrificed everything for us and that's what we need to do and and we're going to take the seat back um and when we do and even if you know and during the time I'm going to continue to speak out for the Second Amendment. I'm going to continue to speak out for life and individual liberty and freedom because that is a very important thing. Our First Amendment matters. It's guaranteed by our Second Amendment. And I know that, um, especially when I've got strong Arizona women like you working with me for the Second Amendment, um, we can be pretty tough girls. Get it done.
0: Absolutely. And the influence that we have um, as women, we're, we're wives, we're daughters, we're aunts, we're mothers, we're grandmothers, we're granddaughters. You know, if you think about our sphere of influence, all the different ways that we impact our communities, the people we ride in carpools with, um, you know, all the different uh, areas that we can touch and, and use our voice to influence, not, not browbeat anybody, you know, nothing like that, but just try to show them, you know, this is what's important to me and why. And that has been hugely uh, impactful and successful for, for me, as I've gone through my own personal journey of just being more vocal. I was always a, a constitutionalist. I just didn't realize much so I was until I actually sat down and read this huge huge document (laughs) for myself that took all of an hour you know Constitution and then I started realizing oh my gosh somebody sat down and wrote that who was that why did they do that what was happening when they did that and once you do that I think you feel a level of responsibility that that some that's an inheritance I did nothing to receive the freedoms that I have. And if I don't try to protect them, you're exactly right, then I have cheated my daughter and my granddaughters and everybody else to come. So thank you so much for your understanding of that and for your investment in all of our futures. And uh, I'm just very excited to have a chance to chat with you on here. And uh, we're definitely gonna be following up and seeing how is it going? Oh, the timeline. When is the, the election here in Arizona? So,
1: so November 3rd is the general. Um, August uh, 4th is the primary. Of course, there's early voting, so it's a month-long election starting in J- in July. But um, I think that we have, never been, yeah, for 2020, And so this one, I do things for all the marbles. This is district we can take back. I fit the district. This is my home. These are my people. This is my community. And, um, And I think it's gonna be a really positive story. And we also have to remember like the whole time that we're running in this election gives us all a platform to be talking about these things. And even if you're not comfortable saying a political point, tell your story, tell why things are important to you. Um, tell people that is always more impactful than anything. Um, and so, uh, reach out and, uh, this is a big, freedom is a big tent. So let's bring some people into it. Absolutely. I love
0: it. And, you know, I, at the rally you were mentioning, we had a big rally on February 15th, um, 2020 at the state capitol and my whole speech was about okay so the second amendment first of all is not a political issue as much as people would like to try to make it that way so then we can't talk about it in polite company um and that it is from our bill of rights it's for everybody but it requires us to be political enough that we understand how the process works, and we are involved, and we are voting for people who will properly represent us and protect those things. So it's this funny thing that it's like, it's not political, but we have to understand the political system and be engaged in the political system enough to vote for people who represent us well uh, to preserve it.
1: Right. And I mean, a lot of the, you know, the Bill of Rights is that way that the government can't come in and search your home and seize your property. I mean, that's not political either, but those votes matter on that. But I think that the Second Amendment is the one that, you know, the Ninth Circuit, I can't even believe it was the Ninth Circuit that wrote this, they said it is the fail safe for the entire U.S. Constitution. And so, you know, those who do not value their rights, whether it's First Amendment, Second Amendment, um, even just the ones reserved to us as, you know, citizens of the United States of America, are soon to lose them. You know, there was a man named Abraham Clark who signed the Declaration of Independence. And I like that he was succinct. And he's kind of not a well known one, but it's so apt for what we have right now. He said, today, by signing the Declaration of Independence, we choose either freedom. Or a halter freedom or a halter and I think that pretty much sums it up do we want to have the freedom to that we've always enjoyed in this country or do we want that halter to keep getting tighter and tighter until it snuffs it out Mm -hmm. and you know it's always a progression Mm -hmm. and we can't give up if we don't get everything we want we have to incrementally start to get rid of that halter and go back to the freedom we had But we definitely can't let that halter get tighter and, you know, choke what's made America great and that is that our system of government has allowed each one of us to pursue our God given gifts and become build you know put a man on the moon you know medical whatever i mean we've we've just changed the world not because we're better than other people in the world but because we have the freedom to pursue our passions and our gifts because of our system of government and that little constitution you hold up in your hand the other day and so it all goes together um socialism is the opposite of that is not a good thing it's it, it it's it is it is an equalizer. I mean, you're equally miserable, equally oppressed. But I think an equal chance is good. And that's what we've built this country on, that we all have a chance. That's the equality of the United States of America. Nice. And so, um, and if you want to teach your kids to shoot, if you want to go shoot yourself, if you want to go hunt, if you want to be a trap shooter, a skeet shooter, Olympic shooter, you have the freedom to do that because of that little document. But that's a small piece of the pie. And this is all connected. So I know from running in the gun community for, I mean, pretty much that's all our family does, except pretty much everything fun we do involves a firearm, except fishing. (laughs) We like to fish. Is there's great folks in the two-way community. I mean, they love their country. They love their families. They're patriotic. They're outspoken. They're strong. But folks, this is the time you can't just talk. You have to put some money or action or feet behind what you believe in because trust me the other side is and um we don't want to wake up on november 4th with bernie sanders as our president with losing the house and the senate and go wow i wish i had done more i wish i'd done more and so you know it's it's hard but you know freedom's worth it our country's worth it um our children are worth it
0: That is so true, and that's a good note to end on. And, you know, we, uh, on the conservative side, we are rarely proactive, and this is our opportunity to really be awake and proactive, and so often uh, people will come up, even at the rally, people came up and said, I just don't know who to vote for. And, of course, you know, we can't, you know, tell people, well, here's who you, the other side does that, I think. Right. But I said, look around you look around you. Who is here? Who showed up at this event? And who am I interviewing on Gun Freedom Radio? So right. these are things we call a clue. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who has dedicated their life for 14 years to teach children to shoot? That might be a good clue if you're a two-way person. Um, well, yeah, do with it what you want, but... Uh, <laughs> Speaking of, because a mutual friend of ours that's doing this for me would not forget me, we are having a trap and skeet shoot fundraiser for the campaign March 15th at our private range on the farm. Um, It's going to be wonderful food, wonderful company, um, shotgun sports. You don't have to shoot. You can just eat and hang out. And I think we're also going to have some other um, exciting fun toys out there to play with as well besides just trap and skeet, and so again, Shed for Congress, reach out, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, um, ShedforCongress.com, and um, I hope to see you there, but most importantly, the people that are in my district, I never ever want to forget this, I'm asking for the most, one of your constitutional rights that you put it for me, and that's for your vote. Never take your vote lightly, people have bled and died for it. And so I'm asking them for their vote August 4th and I'm asking them for their vote November 3rd. And I take that very, very seriously. And so I'd be honored and humbled to have it.
0: That's fantastic. And just so that people can easily find you, that is shed with two D's S H E D D. And is it the number four or is it F O R F O
1: R congress.com so as so shed like the building in your backyard but it's fancy because it has two D's and then we <laughs> we spelled out for congress.com and you can see it in the sign behind me I think too which was a great idea
0: so. absolutely and uh, people are constantly sending me little clips about some people burning down Cheryl's she shed so you know if that helps you remember when you see that commercial the next time I think it's a State Farm commercial or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so shed with two d's s-a-d-d-f-o-r congress.com not.org look it up please do what you can to help because uh the state of arizona is really it 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 is a battleground and the other side really really wants our rights and we really really want to keep them so uh no napping This is no fence sitting time. This is time to act. And uh, Tiffany, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. I I really appreciate what you're doing. You're you're really putting yourself into the arena. And uh, I know it's going to make a difference for our children and our children's children.
1: Well, back at you. So thank you very much. Thank you. All right, everybody, stick around. There's always lots
0: more coming up on Gun Freedom Radio.